mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hi. So how are you feeling, okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, sure? I keep asking you that, like every day I'm texting you, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm feeling this huge disconnect right now. I'm sure you are too. 100%. And every time I text you, are you okay? I'm like, is she going to be like, well, you did this and this is why I'm mad at you. And I don't know what I did. I don't know anything. No, I listen. I I don't know how many other people feel like this, but it feels a little bit like right now we're just going through the motions like it has been how many months? I don't know. Eight, nine months since this all started. I have the kids home for virtual learning. I, you know, it just it really does more than it has in the past feels like Groundhog's Day. And I feel like I get up every day and I'm like, oh, okay, this again, you know, like yeah. kids home. I don't have a second to myself. And, uh, you know, uh, and I know I need to be grateful and, you know, nobody's sick, thank God, and everything. But it's it's scary, number one. It's boring a lot of the times, which I know is not a travesty, but it still sucks. Um, I don't have a second to myself and and I barely ever see you. You're working all the time. And, you know, like, I, I miss my sister. I miss my best friend. Like, I miss people. So yeah, I was curious as to if everybody else is feeling the same way that right. I am and you are, I guess. You know, with, obviously, with COVID and the election going on and the hurt that a lot of people are feeling with the economy and what's happened. Like, everybody has their story right now. So I wonder if there's, like, a funk just kind of oh, across sure. America or the world. I'm or sure. Well, that was another thing during the election. I didn't sleep for six nights. I remember. Yeah. And yes. that really fucked me up. Yes, it did. I but mean, it was, it, uh, I, it was an exhaustion. I said to you last week, one day I was sitting there and I said to you, I have not felt exhaustion. Like I didn't know if I was getting COVID. I didn't know what was going on. Remember I said to you, I was oh, like, you I thought I, you had, COVID. I thought I had it because yeah. I never felt exhaustion. I said the last time I felt exhaustion like this was th- my fir- the first trimester of pregnancy. When you literally feel I was, I was brought up a story about how in the first trimester of my last pregnancy with Jonah, how I, one day you came home from work and I, you know, I said, I was like, I need you to do the dishwasher. I was like, I really, I was like, I cannot even move. And you were like, I'll tell you what, I'll do the top half of the dishwasher. If you do the bottom half. And I was like, holy, he does not even get it. Like it's an exhaustion that you almost can't explain. Well, it was so funny also because (laughs) you didn't sleep for a week. Literally, where you were, you like would fall asleep watching the news at two and get up at two forty-five yeah, and was put it back on. A really unhealthy lifestyle. So, yeah, for a lot of days, and then for the next week, you were just a zombie. You were, you were mm-hmm. nothing. You were not present. You were there was no talking to you. There was nothing, and then finally, you got your period. Right, and so you said it aloud when our middle son was sitting with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh right yeah, he's just learning about this stuff so. which i totally got what he said and it was so goddamn funny so you said i just got my period i feel a little bit better <laughs> he and he, he goes oh you got your period oh you're gonna be mean right 
I know. And I was like, I feel you, man. I feel it. Yeah. I wonder where he learned that. Like, uh, from you being no, like a demon. Well, I don't announce to him that I have my period. So how does he know? Well, he gets once a month, you're a fucking demon and <laughs> nobody wants to be around so. you. I think you probably have said something. To no, him I did not. It, but yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that he brought it up. Well, and who knows what his what his friends tell him about like girls get their period and they're really mean. Who knows? Yeah, I think you show it. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, this has been <laughs> fun. Um, but it's been about three weeks since we did our episode. We have not even spoken about our episode with Mia, mm-hmm. which was maybe our most downloaded episode to date. Um, not that that is the first thing I should bring up talking about it, but there was an obvious need for for that um, conversation and and that made me really happy that people were so um, they found it just so important and relatable that really meant a lot I know to both of us yeah well the response was just tremendous it was all positive all, yeah, maybe one or two or three people with you know something negative to say but fuck them uh, but so many of you reached out to us or you know, to Danielle and so many nice things to say so thank you for the positive feedback that was not easy for anybody and what was not easy for anybody? like doing that episode it was not an easy th- like you know for Mia to come on and do that podcast I'm sure was not very easy for her you know it, I mean I, I I was very proud of her so oh. th- thank you for all of the positive responses and comments yeah and, and we forwarded a lot of those comments to her um and she you know she was she just loved it and it, it, I think it was really Really good for her, um, you know, her confidence and her self-esteem. And I'm so grateful that we were able to share it with that, this community and how you guys reacted and supported us. And also what people may not realize is that a lot of other people in our life personally, not people who we're really, really close with, but she was coming out pretty much to people who we know also in that episode. So the, the response we got from people who didn't really know, who know Mia... Um, that was really great also. Well, if you listen to the episode, you know, she literally came out to my mother in the episode, which she never had a talk with my mom and my mom is my mom. Oh, right. Right. Okay. And you know, our moms are probably two of her most favorite people in the world and she never had the conversation and they listened and it, it happened exactly the way you and I said it would that. Give me a hug. I love you. I don't care what your sexual preference is or what's going on. Just total embracing, embracing of her and exactly the way I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the way. But what is interesting that that was something that so concerned her. Um, You know, that's why I asked her during the episode is, is, do you feel like you're worried that because they're a different generation, so you think it's going to be harder to come out with to them because of that? Or is it because you feel like you're sort of their little girl and now, you know, you don't want to, you know, quote unquote, ruin whatever this image is they have well, of you? Well, luckily for me, her grandmothers are both extremely progressive, extremely current, you know, going with today's times and understanding of people's needs and what, like, if there's any two grandmas out there, she's got the two. Yeah. To understand what she's going through. Yeah. Um, but, it, well, I wanted to just say, first of all, this, this a lot of people were asking us to do a follow-up episode without Mia, just as parents, talking about acceptance and this idea of unconditional acceptance. Uh, because, obviously, we've, we've had time to di- di- digest this and... Um, I think that we have created a, a home that is really accepting, and I do think we have a really loving home, even if I do scream all day long. Um, but I also think it's interesting that, you know, one of the things that um, my mom said during the episode that she and I did together about like parenting in different times is she did say, you know, we're sa- you're saying, oh, we're so progressive and this and that. She did say, you know, she's 76 seven years old or 76 years old and she did say you know I do sometimes this was before we, we weren't even talking about Mia we were just talking in gen in general about you know LGBTQ and um 
all these different lifestyles that are prevalent now that weren't really talked about back when she was growing up. And she said, sometimes I do have to remind myself that this stuff is okay. Sometimes, you know, my first thought from growing up and the times that I grew up in and the community and the lifestyle is, oh my gosh, you know, oh, that's not quote unquote normal. And then she has, to, she does sometimes have to well, I, I feel internalize it. I think that's understandable and both acceptable at the same time. Because you you always have that grandparent that, you know, if they're over for the holidays and they always blurt out that whatever sexist or racist or whatever comment that was from their time, which seemed okay at their time. And you're like, oh, that's just grandma or that's just grandpa. No, but we can't do that anymore. No, I I agree. Absolutely not. But that's why I'm so impressed and proud of both of our moms because they've overcome that and they don't feel the way that things were quote unquote okay in society back in their day right and now they know that that's not okay and they're like i said they're progressive they're they're understanding what what's going on today and to be emotional accepting and of everything that me is going through and all those things yeah so i wanted to do an episode about acceptance um just the two of us talking about you know anything acceptance first of all as as parents which i think we're it's an ongoing process also as you know for our relationship i sort of wanted to do something you know talk about acceptance which i also think that for us has been like an ongoing battle um and you know well as usual i got my questions this morning from you mm-hmm. so i kind of had a few hours to prepare for the episode. So mm-hmm. I wasn't even quite sure what you were going for here as far as acceptance i knew this is a follow up to the episode we did with Mia. So I'm thinking sexuality, and then some of your questions were a little bit vague, so I wasn't sure which way to go with them. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of have to go off the cuff here. All right. Yeah, so I don't have very many notes, so I apologize if I don't sound educated in what I am discussing Mm, with you. That's not good. (laughs) All right, It never turns out well when (laughs) when that No, it never does. (laughs) Okay, so what did I... You can start. Okay, so first of all, you asked me, uh, did I feel unconditional acceptance from my parents growing up? Um, Like, do I think no matter what, no matter who I turned out to be, that they would be okay with it? Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't sure, did you mean sexually or did you mean in any other aspect of my life? Anything at all, anything at all. I think that I base a lot of this off of Andrew Solomon, who I keep talking about but honestly he has been for me the biggest guide with acceptance again he wrote the book far from the tree he, he there's the documentary far from the tree and his idea of acceptance is it, it's just this overwhelming idea that you know con- unconditional love is one thing right like we all talk about unconditional love to feel unconditional acceptance that your parents are going to accept and embrace you not just love you, but accept and embrace you no matter who you are, I think that's a different thing. Yeah, it's very different. And I think it's also, it opens up to so many different avenues. It's so hard to just blanket that statement saying they accept you for who you are no matter what. I mean, sexually, there was no question whatsoever. I I remember thinking about girls in kindergarten and there was never a question about who I was sexually. I had, I mean, I can remember having girlfriends in second grade and third grade and on. Like, I I was always into girls. I loved girls. I, I even loved, even if, I, if it, even if it wasn't a relationship, you know, being my girlfriend, I loved having girls as friends. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was always into girls. I've always loved girls. There was never a question about sexually, who am I? I, you know, I think I summed it up with that. Um, but as far as any other aspect of accepting me for who I was, I don't know. Like I look back, I was a like we always joke about, maybe not joke about Ian. Like he's a tough kid. He's high energy. He's high, you know, maintenance. He's high, and so was I, and so am I. And I was a tough fucking kid. I don't know. Can they, can they, or me as now the parent accept a child like that? Of course you can accept them, but like to what route are we going? That's why I was so confused about accepting me as who I was. There's so many different, like I was confused on how to answer this. Right. Well, I think acceptance is rather, I mean, 
It's, it, it is. It's it's a hard thing. It's sort of this dichotomy of, yeah, I want to be completely in total accepting of who my child is, but also what am I letting them get away with? Right. Well, like, yeah. I, had I been gay or had I been pansexual or any of these other, like, yeah, they would have accepted me. I would have no question You whatsoever. think your dad wouldn't have had problems with um, it? Yeah, yes, but he would have accepted it eventually. Yeah. Um, and my mother would have beat the shit out of him had he not. Right. And so, because I think she would, in a second, be like, okay, right, fine, I love right, you. No, I course. don't care. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so sexually, whatever I would have been, they would have been totally fine with it. Yeah. Him. So I, I have no question about that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, for me, also, I think, I think yes. It's very hard for me to say because looking back, I don't know that I really realized the um, the options that were available. Like, I think I was so... I had this just uh, one track mind of I'm going to marry a man and I'm going to have a family and I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I had this, this you know, one vision of what I was going to do. And I don't know it. I don't know that I ever opened myself up to the possibilities of anything else because I don't know how much I realized that they existed for me. Well, they did a little bit and you don't have to get into it. I understand, but feed off of what I'm saying for a second. Okay. I know my parents wanted me to marry Jewish. Had I not married Jewish, would they accept who I married? I'm not sure. Mm. Eventually, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, when they got to know if I, you know, if it, if the person, whoever it was, was, you know, a beautiful person and the right person and good to them and good to me. Yeah, of course they would probably accept who they were. But the initial response is, you know, you marry Jewish. That's yeah. just the way things are. Yeah, and well, I don't know. I don't know if you want to get into. Well, your... I was going to actually. Okay. I have it written down, and uh, you know, I, I want to be careful because my I really do love my dad so much, and he's a wonderful, an, an incredible human being. As do I. I just want to yes, throw that out. Yes, I, I really do. I think, and he's been on the podcast. You guys heard him. He's a wonderful man. Again, grew up in a different time, and um, he is a very, very religious. Man, he his entire identity is entwined in being Jewish. He is now retired. He spends, you know, half the day on virtual services. He he is just obsessed with with Judaism and growing up, you know, he was very busy. He was a doctor and he worked around the clock and everything. But there was always this pervasive like Judaism is synonymous with with uh, how how like proud he was, you know what I mean, of, of us. And my sister was very religious. My brother maybe not as much, but he was really, really smart. Um, and I was not. I was not. I just never had that. I knew, I, same thing, I knew I had to marry Jewish. I knew that that wasn't really an option for me, although now, you know, we know my brother married someone who wasn't Jewish, who is now more Jewish probably than all of us, but, yeah, I think and she my dad more. loves her to death. Like there is no, I don't think I gave him enough credit because they have such an incredible marriage, my brother and his wife. And I think that that's really what is important to my parents. But, you know, I, there was a time when I was certainly were like, I feel like with my dad sometimes, like, I feel like I could have you know, been like, well, I'm bringing home this guy. He killed somebody. And my dad would have been like, ah, but is he Jewish? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I I really feel like that was the number one, you know, and I would like, well, you know, maybe not killed, but like he was a thief. You know, we we understand, (laughs) you know, like I I just, I, I feel like I've always felt like that was, and I wanted him to be proud of me. I really did. That was always something that I was really striving for. And the things that I was good at weren't really the same things that he, um, what's the word that he like valued. So, you know, I was a really good athlete and I was really social. I was really good at my job at Banana Republic, although I spent all my money. So he was always upset about that. Like we just had very divergent ideas of of what was important. Do you think your dad was thinking at the level of not just to marry Jewish because it's, you know, 
traditionally done in certain ways and he wants to continue the tradition of Judaism or is it maybe you know the Jewish population is a small population. Yes. Like we need to keep the population oh, 100%. going. Oh, 100%. Uh, absolutely. Like you need to marry Jewish so there's more Jews. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that I I really think at this point in his life and I got in a huge fight with him actually like 2 weeks ago, you know, my our son is studying to be a bar mitzvah. Oh, you scared me with this. Yeah. I, I really I, it was uh, and I I hope my dad doesn't mind that I'm telling this story, but you know, again, I love him so much. This is just an issue that we have and and our son was really really into the election our 12 year old really really into it and he woke up one morning you know when all the tallies were going and everything and um he wanted he wanted to call my dad that was the first person he wanted to call my whole family is political so he could have called anybody in my family really wanted to call my dad and he he was like hey you know zeta isn't this so exciting i just wanted to talk to you about it and and, and, and the conversation wasn't two minutes before my dad said, hey, did you do your Hebrew school homework? Right. And Ian looked at me. It was on, he was on FaceTime, um, speakerphone, so I could hear it. And Ian looked at me, and I could tell, I could see he was just so upset. like Disappointment. Like because this talk. is every time. You, know, you can't have a conversation with him, with my dad, without him talking about it. And I get, like, right now is an important time. Ian's, you know, studying to be bar mitzvah and all this stuff. But my heart sank. And, and I know that feeling from growing up. You know, I know that feeling of... This is not what I want. Uh, this is not what I want to bond with you about. It just isn't right now. You know, ta- you could talk to me every f- fifth conversation, tenth conversation about that. But come on, we have other stuff we can bond over. And I lost it. I just, I, you know, Ian hung up with him. I called my dad back, and I just, I just lost it. You know, I, because he's going to ruin his relationship with his grandkids over Right, this. he doesn't want to think. Ian doesn't want to think. Every time he calls his Zeta that it's going to be, right. are you doing your Hebrew? Are right. you up to date? Are yeah, you- I mean, a little bit, you're, you know, right now, especially, we're going through a pandemic. Like, the kids have so little fun and to look forward to and excitement right now as it is. And here he was excited about something. And I was like, are you going to be the grandparent who he's excited to call? Are you going to be the grandparent who's like, well, it's just going to be more stress if I call. So anyway, I don't want to get into it too much more because again, I love my dad. He's an amazing grandfather, amazing father. This is something, you know, I think from his generation and maybe some of you out there can relate regardless of what religion you are or about something else in your life that you just feel like they're pushing on you and you you don't quite embrace the same way and and I'm proud of being Jewish. I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud of our history. But it, it it, it's different to me than it is to him. There are things that matter to me more uh, about my kids' learning and understanding. And it's a different time, and we're surviving a pandemic. Like, it's just everything is different. So, um, you know, so that to me, yes, acceptance. I, I, I do think there were things that I felt like, like you said, about your parents, um, you know, with, with a Jewish person, it, same kind of thing. I, I absolutely, not my mom. Uh, my mom wouldn't have given a shit. Who no, I, not you know, at all. She, I just didn't know if you wanted to talk about that. So I was just saying, hey. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, story. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she wouldn't have, um, she wouldn't have been. But, um, you know, but there were, there may have been other things that, you know, I think that there were probably other things that she um, wouldn't have been quite as accepting about. But, it, it, yeah, but I, I think it's a generational thing. And I do think acceptance is a really, really hard thing. Like total and complete acceptance. Well, I think it's also hard because of the generation gaps. What's acceptable today, you know, is different than it was when we were growing up, just as it was when our parents were growing up and just as it was before then. So, you know, we have to learn to accept and grow with the times that. Listen, yeah, and where we live. Yeah, we live course. in a more progressive area. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. Okay. Anybody who knows me and who knows you too, Adam, know that, well, I especially am obsessed with dogs and I am obsessed with our dogs. We have two rescue dogs who we got six and five years ago and... 
other than being total pains in the butt, we really do love them. And our kids are even more obsessed with them. And our youngest, we moved into this new house, and I asked how he wanted to decorate his room. And he said he wanted a Billy and Augie-themed room, which at first I was like, okay, how am I going to do that? And then I came across Weston Willow, and I was obsessed. And I looked at their website, and I got in touch with them, and I said, you know, I think our audience would love you, and I'm dying for two of your portraits for my son's room for Billy and Augie. And what they do is they make you personalized portraits that are hand illustrated by digital artists. The brand philosophy is to offer clean, minimalistic designs with simple curated background colors and hardwood frame options that blend seamlessly with your home decor. And Jonah's room looks awesome especially now with these new pictures, because it really does, it's a really clean, pretty look. But I also would have put them in the family room. I would have put them in our foyer. I really would have put them anywhere in the house. It just so happened that he asked for them first, so he's the one who got them. Well, they really are beautiful. They do look like works of art, because when we said, when we were painting all the kids' rooms, he said, I don't want any paint. I don't want any color. It's just white walls. Yeah. And I just want pictures of my dogs up there. Right. And now it looks like a freaking art studio. It's yeah. Like, it's beautiful. It's so cute. And Weston Willow was named among best gifts of the year by Marie Claire, Insider, Fortune, Apartment Therapy. Oh, that's one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Entertainment Weekly, Real Simple, and many more. And they're chic and adorable por- portraits. They're uplifting and they bring joy and comfort during these trying times. The portraits add a personal touch to any space and bring extra joy to the holiday season. I can't wait to post on Instagram this week so you guys can see them. But you have to go to westandwillow.com to check them out. And the brand is also committed to supporting organizations that make a difference and has made donations to the Loveland Foundation, Trevor Project, which is near and dear to our heart and is currently partnering with North Shore Animal League America. So head to westandwillow.com. That's W-E-S-T and willow, W-I-L-L-O-W.com and put in promo code M-N-M-10 for 10% off your entire order. That's M-N-M-10 for 10% off your entire order today. We're talking about parents and accepting. I think it's interesting as we get older, like there are a lot of people, I think, who as they grow up, they realize that maybe they aren't as accepting of their parents and and have that unconditional acceptance. And they do kind of break ties with their parents or their siblings. Or I mean, we I have some of that in my family, um, you know, with extended family and everything that um, that they just realized that it was the acceptance was too far of a reach for them and and they just decided to cut ties instead that they couldn't fully accept each other. And um, it's interesting because I do wonder like is there is it would I get to a point ever with my parents or my siblings? And I don't think so. I certainly hope not. Um, you know that, that I would no longer accept them. But then again, I don't know if I had my limits pushed, but it's so interesting. I was just listening to an interview with Matthew McConaughey where I don't know if you know this story, but when he just got famous, yeah, like a, a weird past, like a weird upbringing. He just wrote a book about his life. Is that the green light thing? Yeah. Green light, I think like it's called green light or something. Yeah. I, I didn't read the book, but I, I listened right. to him on a few interviews and, and he had this, is this instance with his mom when he first got famous where his mom, I guess, just became obsessed with the fact that he was famous. And like right when I think it was right when he did like the firm. Um, was he in the firm? No, no. to kill a time to kill okay. time to kill. So his mom went on hard copy and like gave a um, a tour of Matthew McConaughey's house and like, sh- like, you know, from where he grew up. And, like, showed where he lost his virginity or, like, where he tried drugs. And oh, really? Yeah, and, like, was completely trying to profit off his fame. She wrote, like, an article or a book or something about him, like, his secrets. And he didn't talk to her for a long time because he was really hurt by it. Like, I've seen him fucking on hard so copy. Like, not even, like, 60 minutes hard copy. I've seen him on so many interviews lately, and I've never heard this story. Oh. He's, I, he has not Maybe spoken I'm making about it up. this. I know. I, no, I like no. He well, well. Usually, it's the interviewer who brings it up because 
he said it took about eight years, I think. Uh, you know, it all might be a little bit off. But it took him like eight years. But now he, ever since he got over it, he didn't speak to her for a long time. Like, he was really hurt by it. And then he got to a point where he was like, Mom, say whatever the fuck you want to whoever the fuck you want. Like, I don't care anymore. And he, like, loves his mom now. He doesn't even, like, he doesn't stop her from talking to the press. He doesn't stop. He's, like, happy with his life. And he's like, you do whatever you got to do, mom, to, like, Is that your keep your Matthew McConaughey impression? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I don't know if I would have been able to forgive that as easy. Like, that's a pretty big deal that you're parent your mom when you're just starting like he was just dealing with this fame for the first time and and now he's sort of like my mom is who she is this is what she does great impression but um, don't, don't, don't you have to look back eight years later and be like but did she apologize or anything is that just i don't know i, I have to read the book I, I, maybe did she come to him and say hey listen i didn't know how to handle this i'm sorry you know and then do you say, yeah, okay, I But I your get mom, it. who's I, supposed to be your biggest protector. Right, okay, so she made a mistake. Had she been like, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. if it was you, would you say, I understand, I accept your apology? Well, he didn't and say don't do it again. He wasn't like, okay, I'll let you. He was like, dude, he's like, go for it. Yeah. Oh, just you be you. You be you. Yeah. You be you. You do whatever you want to do. And he has a lot of that attitude now. Like you, he talks about, you know, looking back at things with his parents when he was growing up. Things that the I think it was Stern actually who was interviewing him with with the one that I'm thinking of. And you know, and he was saying like, uh, you know, Stern was like, "Aren't you? Weren't you? Like, aren't you pissed that your parents did this?" And he's sort of like, "No, I'm, I'm, it's all right. Like, I'm." Look at my life. I'm well, cool. He's, like, yeah, he is. He's just such a fucking cool guy. Like, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> he's I guess so. He's got that so. attitude just like. Right. But I think that that's a, that's a tough thing to achieve. Um, when I interviewed a few weeks ago, if people haven't listened to this interview, I really ended up loving it. Um, when I interviewed Gary John Bishop, who wrote Unfuck Yourself and Wise as Fuck, he said something similar. He was like, you know... Uh, he just has truly, he one day was just like, I, I need to just accept the people in his life, especially his wife. And, and he says that there came a day when he, know, he was like, I will no longer try to change my wife at all. And that he would think about if he was thinking about something that he wanted her to do more of. He did more of it. Like, he would step forward and be like, I'm not going to ask her to do that. I'm going to do more of it. And he said what wound up happening is that, their relationship has been better than ever because he stopped expecting from her and started giving. And then in return, he got what he was looking for. So, you know, he was sort of like, instead of saying like, you know, I really need you to do such and such, he would go do it. Don't, I, don't get any ideas. Well, I'm, I'm not, not getting any there. ideas, but it does sound very familiar to us. And I think there's a flaw in what you're saying that he is saying. I don't know. Does that make that sense? Means. No. No, not at all. I, I, I'm finding which I thought we were, we would get to a little bit later, but I think if there's something that he wants his wife to do, she's not doing so. He steps up and does it to satisfy his own needs. Um, it gets the job done, but it doesn't satisfy the underlying thing that's frustrating him about well, it, what no, she's not doing. because that's she doesn't he doesn't feel like that he, he uh, doesn't i bet he does he doesn't he's literally he doesn't he said his life if he has, talks to me I will, well that's great yeah. he's he's I'll, better off not i'll get the underlying story i i understand what you're so you're trying to say that i don't that you do whatever i don't fulfill and well it, that's part of what i was going to get to yes oh okay um <laughs> moving on no, we'll go back to it. But but he does say, you know, he he said he never tries to change anyone anymore in his life. And he said that he and his wife spent years trying to change one another. And the relationship was terrible for it. And they stopped doing it. And now they literally just, he just accepts her. And yes, I do think that that's a very difficult thing because you also do want people to grow and change and evolve. And I don't know 
what that's like when you decide to just accept somebody like are then are they do they stop growing do they stop evolving I don't know the ins and outs of it but um I but feel he, I but I feel like you and I are at the point now both that I'm 43 and you're 43 in a few days thank you happy for birthday that. to Danielle it. because we will not have a Another episode before your birthday. Oh. So happy birthday to you. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> so at 43, I feel like we're both now after 40 kind of molded into who we are and what we're doing and accepting each other for both of our flaws and understanding who we are, loving each other no matter what. And like I said before, d- doing things to compensate for what the other does not do. Right? Mm-hmm. No, bo- both ways. I'm not just talking oh. to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right? I mean, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, t- it comes with time where you're just like, listen, I love this person. We've been married for t- however many years. <laughs> <laughs> tw- however many. Yeah, t- 20. Is, no, we're not 20 yet. Um, We are... Uh, no, 18. 18. Yeah. Good. You know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but we <laughs> did for a long time really try to change each other. Uh, yeah, very much yeah, so. Yeah, there and was it did not work either way. No, our acceptance went as far as like, you know, he seems like he'd be a he's Jewish. <laughs> as as, as uh, he's cute. <laughs> he is he's got a job. He's fun. That was our acceptance. Beyond that, I was like, he's a real fucking project and I need to change him. Yeah, I feel like at 42, we were both kind of like throw our hands up. We were like, this is what we got. Let's deal with it. Like, I accept you. You 42. accept him. Like, it's only been, I, has it been more than a year or two maybe that we've just right. thrown our hands up and said, okay. I we're love not you. just throwing you. Make it sound like we're like, oh, well, we're trapped. So, well, but in a sense of this, the acceptance of w- what frustrates us about it. Like we don't fight about those things anymore, right? And it's only been a couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Right. So we're right. just finally like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I am really excited though to have like that relationship again without the pandemic. Because I do right. think that the pandemic adds so much stress to it all that like, you know, it's like, yes, we're, you know, we're, we're accepting of each other, but I'm also just too fucking exhausted to like try to change things or try to, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. am so tired. I haven't seen you for real in like six months. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I have not had my Danielle in six months. Oh, yeah. Right. Just letting you know. Mm. Okay. And like, I can't even kiss you. I can't even like hold, like I want to like, we don't even do the kiss goodbye or the hugs or the whatever. And I'm just like, I'm at work all day. I don't like, I don't want to kiss you just in case. Who knows? Like COVID. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't think I have it, but I don't want to spread it. You know, if mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't even know what to do. I know. It's so hard. There's been no like, I just thought you just didn't like me anymore. I love you so much. I don't want to get you sick. Oh. <laughs> no, I want to get sick so I can be stuck in my room for two don't weeks without seeing that. anybody. Don't say that. That's not even funny. <laughs> no, no. I know. I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we did spend a long time trying to trying to change each other, and there. I think that there are still things that we need to accept about. And and you know, I think another episode that I want to do soon is about aging and the fact that. We are both aging, although I am obviously aging fucking double what you are aging, and it pisses me off. But, like, literally, you are like Benjamin fucking Button, and I am like <laughs> whatever the opposite of Benjamin fucking Button is. What do you mean? I, That's not what, Oh, <laughs> bite me. Uh, oh, yeah, you can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> no, it's funny. Yeah, right? It's, no, it's funny. Like, what do you mean? 43 you're, going on 60. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm getting older and, and I'm, no, you know, we, we, so we are getting older. I know, I know, <laughs> but you like are I'm like, I know, but like, it's the type of thing where you look young and I look like a 43 year old tired woman. <laughs> You're acting like 43 is 83. It's not. I, I understand that, but it is. We'll talk about it in another episode, but okay. but part of the acceptance that I worry about is 
I worry sometimes that I am going to be more accepting of my aging than you are. What do you mean? Physically. Okay. So, well, okay. Explain, please. Well, again, I want to save it for another All episode. Right, save, save it. But I do worry that, you know, that if I don't age quite as gracefully as you would like, that it's going to be a tough situation. All right, save it for the episode. Yeah, I will. Do. Okay. And just age gracefully. That's not nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, wait. Did you answer um, if there was any deal breakers for you? Like what you would not accept from our kids if there was mm. something? Uh, you know, you could say the obvious. I don't want them to hurt anybody or kill anybody. Right, or well, that's why I was that's, questioning. Uh, I, I would unconditionally love them. Uh, but, but you know, that's another thing with Far From the Tree, which I, which you have not even watched that yet that you have to watch. You know, that he go, he shows that, that there is a, par- uh, a parent who is, you know, visiting her child in prison who her child Wait, who what fucked is this? up. Far From the Tree, the documentary. If you say, what is this? I talk about it in every episode. I don't remember. Okay. okay. So she... One more time. So the, the mom, you know, and what... The, he goes... Andrew Solomon wrote this book, Far From the Tree. It, it was made into a documentary. Andrew Solomon's amazing TEDx speaker, um, just a, a writer, incredible guy. He did a documentary where he talks uh, to these families who are going through these, these extreme cases of acceptance, i.e., you know, two parents who uh, have a child with dwarfism or parents who have a child who's a prodigy and they can't possibly understand... Uh, who who have a child who wound up, you know, uh, being kind of a delinquent and winds up in jail, and 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 the the acceptance that they have to go through. All right, far from the tree. So somebody is, I don't want to say exceptional, but different in such a way yeah, from their parents. Different from the norm that they can different understand. Different from what a parent would quote unquote maybe be hoping for in their kid which it sounds terrible, but quote-unquote hoping for in their kid, you know, that they have some type of uh, part of their identity that is hard for the parent to connect with. They're so far removed from what their parents' expectations were that now they have to What winds up happening in Far From the Tree, Andrew Solomon said, Rumi, who was a a philosopher, said that light enters you at the bandaged place. This book's conundrum is that most of the families described here have ended up grateful for experiences they would have done anything to avoid. So families in the book and in the documentary actually wound up being really grateful for their kids having these differences. Um, But, you know, there is a, a child who is in prison in one of these and you see the parent and her acceptance of the child. And it really is something that is in a sense mind boggling, but you also think to yourself like, this is your kid. Like I I can't imagine looking at my child and them doing anything that I wouldn't want to just take them and embrace them. And, Mm -hmm. but I also know that I don't have kids who are going to wind up. I don't think being murderers or, you know, talked about this before. Far from the tree? Yeah. Like 15 fucking times. I don't remember these things. God. All right, we have to take another break. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay, so we said earlier we were going to talk about accepting of each other. And we... Oh boy. I don't know if this is a good idea, but I guess we have to get into this. Um, all right. So do you feel that I, I would say, yes, you are unconditionally accepting of me. <laughs> <laughs> are you doing that out of fear or do you really feel that way? Based, you look like you're fearful. Yeah, based on my few faux pas of my past. Oh, faux pas. <laughs> oh, how lovely. We're speaking French about it now. <laughs> what would you so how say? How cute. <laughs> no, I, I totally 
completely agree and think that, yes, you are unconditionally accepting of who I am and what I am. Mm-hmm. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you answer that? <laughs> um, am I completely into Listen. Well, you're still here. So. I'm still here. What? Listen, would I, would I like some things to be different? Yes, I, I would like things to be different about myself, too. Uh, I mean, well, don't get there yet. We're talking about me now. Oh, okay. But no, but, but what I'm saying is no more so you than me. Like, I oh, still... Oh, really? Oh, you feel that way? Well, no, maybe not. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard question. Y- yes, I, I... The good so outweighs the bad, you know, that yeah. that it's it's... It seems like an, the acceptance almost seems like a no-brainer. I don't want to be anywhere else. So in order to not <laughs> so be you feel anywhere like at else. At this point of your life, it's like, oh, I, I don't want to like start over. I don't no, wanna, no, it's not even that anymore. I don't want to go somewhere. <laughs> no, no, I just, I want to be here. And so in order to be here and be in it. You have to be with me. <laughs> I have to be accepting i'm trying to be nice here it's true I'm, I'm i'm reading the lines between what you're saying no no you're mean you're reading between the lines that's what i was saying yeah yeah no i really do i think that um you know i i do i think i'm an unconditionally accepting person no i think i have a long way to go to get to that point i think i'm a very accepting person and i think when when I say that I'm you know when I say uh, accept, I'm accepting of you know I don't care about sexualities or you know or religion or skin tone or you know background or uh, I'm all those things I think I'm an extremely accepting person and an extremely you know embracing person um, I think when it comes down I'm talking about more personality things. And getting over things about holding grudges and and releasing all of that anger. I don't think you can really be truly and completely accepting of someone until you have unconditionally forgiven them or moved on from what they've done. I don't know that I have 100% moved on. I still certainly think about things that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I will ever fully accept what we went through. Um, but I do know that the good outweighs the bad. And so therefore, you know, I love the person you are and I love the person you are even with those flaws. Um, you know, not to say Mis- I don't I, want you to continue to try to I evolve would prefer and change. I you to say mistakes than flaws. You're fucking fuck ups for <laughs> fucking real, dude. Faux pas. Yeah, faux pas <laughs> my fucking ass. Um yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. Acceptance, I think, is hard. Love, in some ways, I think, is easier than acceptance. Like, love is, if you sit here and say, do I, lo- I love you beyond words. Acceptance is harder. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like you said, I, you know, I'm here. We've gotten through a lot of crap. And, um you know, so yeah, I I do think I have you know done a a good job accepting you. I agree. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I do agree, that. and I hope you would return the favor and agreeing on my end of it of accepting you for who you are. Yes, I do. Because <laughs> we we although we, oh, although okay. sometimes the way you act towards me makes me wonder if you have these underlying frustrations. Well, I do. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, this <laughs> I <is> do. fantastic. <laughs> but, well, like, I, I, I have made some, you know, major mistakes. And oh, I thought you were going to say major sacrifices. Okay. <laughs> right. So, but the things that we used to fight about were the things that, you know, frustrated me to the... N- to the nth degree, which I was not used to. I mean, you know, you've made some major life decisions for the two of us without even discussing with me that we've lived with, you know, ever since they were made. Number one being... Like what? I I, I have a list. Hold on. I'm sure you do. I have a scroll. Yeah. Let me unravel my scroll. All right, just go. Okay. All right. So, no, things like from the beginning, like we need to move in together. I was not ready to do so. And you said, yes, we are. And I said, okay. Oh, you are ready. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get married. I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, yes, oh, you, you are, are ready. ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, 
And we, we, we spoke about this before where, you know. Shit, so you wish you didn't marry me? You made a decision not to work after you had children. Right. Without even discussing it that with me. That is correct. And that's been the case. You know, yes. So there's things like that major, major life decisions, which yeah. I was just like, oh, oh okay. Like, yeah. I didn't even well, know. Well, I decided that I was the major decision maker. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> without discussing that with me. Yeah. No, you're but right. No, 100%. Yeah, but there I, were those things. And yeah. there, was, there was all the small things like the cleaning and all that that we thought about those were our biggest fights because you know we're so very different in that you know and that you clean all your shit up no but not the rest of our shit bullshit up. i cleaned up everything in the beginning for both of us and because i realized 20 years later that you're not going to do that like i i had to step in and this is what we i'm much better now you are so much better now Aww. you really are Aww. and we don't we don't when was the last time we fought about cleaning Five, six, seven, ten years ago, maybe. I don't know. A long time. I don't know. Can I just say something to everybody out there? If you're fucking, if you're fighting about cleaning during a pandemic, right, we're not talking about the pandemic. Step, step up your fights. <laughs> we're not talking about the pandemic. We're talking <laughs> There's about so many better things to fight about. I forget the pandemic. Pre- no, pretend. the pandemic is huge. Pretend People it doesn't don't exist. have the energy but, that they. No, but we, what we spoke about before was where you know your author that you were talking about, Andrew Solomon, who says, well, if they're not doing it. I will step up and do it. No, and that's, that's kind G- of Gary John Bishop. Okay, that's kind of what I was saying before, where it was like, okay, she's not going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it, and it just got to a point where that's just the way it was. No, but there was never. But no, there was, you're uh, saying it, you're 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 interpreting it wrong. He was okay. saying like I'm not feeling loved enough from her. He wasn't saying like she didn't do the dishes, so I'm going to do the dishes. Oh, I thought you meant like those little things. No, that, no, no. I'm sorry. No, what he, I think what he's saying is. I don't feel like she's being affectionate enough with me. Therefore, I'm going to double my affection to her. Oh, you did not say that. I thought I'm it was sorry. like I was. Yeah, th- I, I thought it was all been. these little things no, that no, she doesn't no, no, do. No, not, no, not, not. I don't think he meant like I, she didn't take the car to the car wash. So I'm gonna. No, he meant like, you know, I'm not feeling this from her. So I'm going to give her double that. Gotcha. And I got, then I, in return, I think she will. I got to the point at 40 whatever years old where I said all right 20 years later she she's she's much better now she doesn't do it I'm going to do it and just to make myself satisfied that it's done I I am not a perfect guy in any way <laughs> and I she accepts me for who I am and all of my flaws I have to grow up and be a man and say hey listen I got to take care of, you know, if, if, if what she's not doing, I need to have done, I do it. I take care of it. Although, like I said before, you're, you're much better than when we were fighting and all those things. But I, I just think the acceptance of who we are has come kind of for full circle on both of us that we're just, we know who we are. Yeah. We love each other. Yeah. And this is what it is. Yeah. And why are we going to fight about this? I agree. Like, what's the point? I agree. Yeah. I wanted to say one of the things, which I wasn't going to say because it sounds stupid. And tell me if it sounds stupid while I'm saying it because we can take it out. But one thing I think my mom did, and I think that we sort of did a little bit when our kids were younger and still now. You know, it's it's so interesting because I, th- I don't even think my mom realized it. I think... When I always talk about how my first movie when I was three years old was Best Little Horse in Texas. My mom took me to the movie theater. She literally just wanted to see the Best Little Horse in Texas. I was home. She didn't have a babysitter. She brought me. That movie always stays with me like um, forever. I just will always remember that experience. And my mom was never, she was never um, uh, strict about what we watched or what we listened to. And And a little bit, I think she did it out of, I just don't have time you know I just don't care enough to you know to like punish them for it or make that a rule I think another part was as long as you know she didn't let us watch anything with strong violence or rape or anything like that but she certainly wasn't worried about like Donnie Dolly Parton and big boobs like singing you know I will always love you in a whorehouse in Texas like she just didn't care and I wonder how much like with really little kids when all they're watching is Paw Patrol and Dora the Explorer, like a little bit. <laughs> You're showing your age, by the way. Is Dora even on anymore? I don't know, <laughs> but 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 what I'm saying is, you know, a little bit when 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 that's their world and that's all we're showing them, then a little bit they're going to be shocked. 
when they start realizing that the world is a little bit more, not the best little warehouse in Texas is like some fucking documentary that like shows me what the real world is right. like, but at least I knew that there were like <laughs> boobs and, you know, like people out there doing things that weren't just like, you know, solving. I, I completely agree. Like we don't, we, we always talk about how we don't like punish our kids by taking away their phones and their iPads and because that's punishing us. Right. So we want, like, if they don't have their phones, they're going to be like, Hey, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. Like, can you get me? Can you do, can you? So they're on their phones and they're on YouTube and they're, on, and they're watching things that they probably should not be watching. Right. But I, I kind of we, like, we know what they're watching and it's probably inappropriate a little bit, not to the full extent. And I'm okay with it. Cause I don't want them to be shocked in the real world when those things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I'm okay. Like everything doesn't have to be Paw Patrol. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, right. like cartoony. Everything, like they need to know what's real. Well, and they on. ask questions. Also, I feel like we talk to them about stuff. It's not like we're like throwing them to the wolves and we're like, okay, now figure it out. Like they'll ask us questions, and and we talk about that, and we watch some of these movies with them. And, and talk about stuff. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a little bit, I understand, you know, why I understand, you know, that obviously with a, you know, a two-year-old that you're going to put on cartoons and a hundred percent, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying, I don't think my mom was doing it on purpose per se, but a little bit, I do think that I had an under, I looked at things differently, not just that one movie, you know, I saw lots of stuff when I was younger. I listened to lots of music and, and I remember, you know, asking my mom what something meant or, you know, asking my brother or my sister what something meant. And, and a little bit, I do think that, that a certain kind of acceptance started earlier and people might totally disagree with this. And, and that's okay. That's just a parenting style. Yeah, that's right, totally right, fine. right. Um, but I, I, I do think that, you know, it's not so terrible to, for kids to see a little bit of a more risque, depending on what it is. And obviously I don't, there's certain things I never want my kids. I don't want my kids to see, but I don't know. Friday the 13th and Halloween and like those crazy slasher movies. No, or, or where guys are being assholes to girl. I mean, some of the stuff you (laughs) see on like. You know, Nick Teen or Teen Nick or whatever is even oh, worse t- than it's like terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's some or some you know some movies and stuff where the guys are you know some of it's horrible. Yeah, that's, but that's you, you for know, teenagers. watch some of the old '80s movies, and there's some things in there that you're like, maybe I should not. Right. Think this is okay. But that always kid. happens when a song comes like, on. I'm always like, oh shit, that's what that said. Like I was watching, uh, not recently, but a long like um, I re- rewatched. Um, Can't Buy Me Love, one of my favorite 80s movies. I yeah. love it. But you watch it today, and you're like, but this does not pertain to today's standards. This right. is not okay. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of movies and a lot <laughs> of know, songs. Like you watch those things. Yeah. And you're like, oh, should have my kids see this? Yeah. I mean, yes, because it's a phenomenal movie of its time, mm-hmm. but meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think that, you know, there there is a certain um, element of Oh, so that exists when you watch some of some of this stuff. Right. And of course it depends on the kid. You have to be, you know, you have to be careful what Well, even you know, with our 9-year-old with Jonah, like he'll watch YouTube videos and once in a while you'll hear a shit or a fuck or a whatever and he gets so like, Yeah, he turns it off. Yeah, look, yeah. But he knows it's bad, but even though it's on, we're kind of like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, it, it depends on the context and everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it's somebody playing a video game and they're right. like, "Shit, I missed the line." Right. I know it's so hard with YouTube and everything. Yeah. It is, but um, again, it's you know, pandemic, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We good? I think we're good. Yeah, we uh, we could. If, if anybody wants to rate and review, that would be awesome. Again, I want to thank everyone so much for your awesome feedback about Mia's episode. If you have not listened to it yet, I can't recommend it enough. Um, we're so proud of her. And also, if you know anybody else who might be struggling and wants to listen to it, um, please forward it to them because I do think that it's really helpful to people. And um, yeah, and thanks for we, – we took a week off last week because I was so – freaking exhausted so thank no, you for staying with us a couple of weeks i have i have not sat down at the mic well i yeah i did time. a few interviews yeah you um, did them yeah yeah any questions comments anything you want to let us know marriage martinez at gmail.com yep and put adam in the subject 
if it's just for me. Oh. Because I want to read some stuff. Oh, okay. You get to read stuff yeah. all day. Please read stuff. Yeah, I would love me, it. Send me something. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.